This is Rights at Risk, a podcast from the World Organization Against Torture. We explore human rights through stories from the front lines and analysis from experts. I'm your host, Claire Marie Germain. In Afghanistan, the Taliban's return to power has forced defenders of human rights into exile. Hassan Ali Faiz has lived through two major conflicts in his country and survived the persecution of his community, the Hazaras. After living as a refugee, he came back to Afghanistan in the hope to bring change. But when the Taliban seized power, these dreams came to a halt. I was born in conflict and I was raised in conflict. When I was sleeping, I was sleeping with fear. Every day I and mean, every night, you could hear the gunfire, near and far. I remember my son, who is now seven years old, he with other kids were playing in the yard, and then someone just in front of the door fired around 20 rounds of bullets. Every child stopped running toward us. And I remember my child just throwing himself in my lap. He was crying. He hugged me so tightly and then was telling me, what is happening? I said, nothing. I was trying to calm him. Conflicts creates its own narrative and its own culture that is the culture of being horse. I belong to Hazara marginalized community that is the community that has been discriminated throughout the history. Over 60% of the population has been massacred, enslaved and displaced to other countries by the dominant ethnic group that has been ruling the country from 1747 until now, until the Taliban. We were claiming our rights and they started to persecute us. There were different occasions of massacres of my community. I lost three of my uncles and so many other four relatives, I, I lost them. That actually triggered that feeling in me to work for justice. The whole career of mine has been a human rights career. I think that was mid-2017 that I was appointed as a member of the Anti-Torture High Commission. We used to go to different detention facilities, we used to go to different prisons, and we were seeing and meeting prisoners. Among them, the commanders and the soldiers of the Taliban. I remember we rescued a woman who happened to be a fiancé of a Taliban soldier. She was the victim of domestic violence. She was really beaten up. She was really tortured in, in her home and her valley. She was attacked several times. So we managed to relocate her to a shelter. I received over a dozen of messages threatening me that why I am working for the infidels. When in 15th of August 2021, when the government collapsed, you could not undertake human rights or sensitive work anymore. When the Taliban captured the country, they opened the door of all detention facilities. Everyone got out of the prison. They ended up in the streets. I was really afraid to face one of them in the street if I got out of my home. I really had to go underground. 
I remember in the morning I told my wife that I'm going to renew my passport and I'll be back for lunch. And I could never go back to the home that I was living. In the evening I asked my wife and my son to join me in another corner of the city. I was living with relative and I was hiding for one week before we get out of the country. When I was living with a relative, that was I think around 11 o'clock, so children who were playing in the street, they ran and rushed toward us and said that the Taliban are there searching the homes. And a female member of the relative went and just opened the door and she saw that there were two vehicles in front of the home and the soldiers were inside the home. So we rushed and collected the sensitive documents in a matter of 30 minutes. I found many of my sensitive information, the reports or the documents that I had. And then I emptied my computer. The chats that I had in my telephone, I had to empty all of them. I had no other option except to leave the country. I would have been detained someday. I had a friend who was a military guy from the international forces. That was in the afternoon. He called me and said, get out. my computer myself in my jacket and then tie it up in my body. I took the hand of my son and we moved toward the airport. I really got emotional that night. When I was holding the hand of my son, I exactly remembered when I was at the age of my son, my father was holding my hand when the Russians were invading and he was taking me to the mountains. After three decades, I was holding the hand of my son and moving him in the darkness to a safe place. When we reached the airport, it was dark, it was night, and there was no electricity, and people were moving in the darkness. There were thousands and thousands of people. There was so huge crowd was there. There was a big canal, that sewage canal. We stayed on the bank of that canal throughout the night the morning, we slowly moved close to that kennel. My wife and my son, twice they fell, and I was really afraid if they get caught up in this stampede. Children, they died as a result of a stampede. I took their hands and, and we slowly moved and moved. In the morning, we reached that kennel. I took my son, I put him on my shoulders, and then my wife, we threw ourselves into that kennel that was one meter deep. We were sad that we have to get closer to the British soldiers. We had with ourselves an Irish flag, which, and then we shot the flag and they waved their hands and asked us to go closer to them. We were really afraid of missing that opportunity. We had to throw ourselves into that sewage kennel. When we got out of that kennel, we still did not feel really safe. I was afraid that war starts and then the international forces, they leave us there where their airplanes, they get out of the country. What will happen to us? I was really afraid of that scenario. This is now the deadliest attack on U.S. forces in Afghanistan. And what the United States is calling a complex attack involving suicide bombers and ISIS gunmen attacking a checkpoint outside the airport in Kabul. Thousands of Afghans were traveling to the Kabul airport, hoping to leave Afghanistan. The blast comes just days ahead of the August 31st deadline, when the U.S. is supposed to conclude its evacuation operations.
that incident happened two days after we got out of that place where that explosion killed 13 American soldiers and 200 Afghan civilians. When we reached Doha, Qatar, we stayed in the American camps. I was really relieved despite the difficulties. 1,200 people who were living in one tent. The bathrooms were so much limited and we could not really wash ourselves. And then after five days, when we moved to Germany to Ramstein camp, there in the camp, after 10 days or eight days, we could manage to wash ourselves. People from the Irish consulate picked us. We flew to Ireland. Ireland, one of the things that I could feel was the feeling of being able to sleep well. I'm getting a little bit used to life here in Ireland. I'm living in a community-supported home. That's a nice home. That's a two-bedroom home with a kitchen, with a living room, and with so many wonderful neighbors. They were so welcoming. They were so kind. My son is going to school. So life, I think, is getting on well. One thing that I will certainly ask my child is not to forget his language. We speak Persian or Farsi. I am in love with the language. It's a very sweet language. I will try to teach him. I would certainly tell him about my experience in my life, my experience in Afghanistan. We have some positive traditions and some negatives. So I will tell him about the positive and negative things. And I would encourage him to, to adopt those positive traditions. I am in contact with my family and relatives, but we really miss them. It's now the 31st of August in Afghanistan, the day that President Joe Biden said the American military mission, the 20-year engagement by US-led NATO forces would formally end. And this is what you are hearing now, the eruption of celebrity gunfire by Taliban supporters in the city of Kabul. War actually did not start in 2001. It started in 1978 with the Russian invasion of my country and later civil war. And it has been 40 years. The Afghans, they're living in war. They have been under a huge suffering. There are hungry people there. There are starving children there. They should not be forgotten. With the American attack, with the international coalition coming to Afghanistan to fight the Taliban, they were bombing the terrorist groups and get them out of country. And that was the time that they needed our assistance. We assisted them. And then when we needed their assistance, they forgot that. And I think this is their moral obligation to support the country and not leave the country. Every nation deserves a peaceful life. Afghan people, they really deserve a better life, a life in a peaceful Afghanistan. That's my ultimate wish for my country.